I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning to you, and you, and you. It is time to skip the BS, time for Undisputed, time to talk about the hottest team in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> with my two favorite Cowboy bashers, Keyshawn and Sherm. Good morning to you both. What's happening, Skip, man? How the hell are the Cowboys the hottest know. team in okay. the National Football Okay, I'm glad you pushed back on that because I'm obviously exaggerating with the hottest team. The Cowboys, of course, barely beat the Chargers after getting, quote-unquote, buried by the 49ers, 42-10. to a score that will live in infamy in Cowboys team history, but that's the point. The NFL world buried the Cowboys after 42 to 10, but just eight days later, Cowboy Nation is back to thinking Super Bowl, here we come. That was part of Micah Parsons' point in his podcast this week. Micah complained that the Cowboys always get criticized far more harshly when they lose than the Eagles and 49ers do when they lose. Here's what Micah had to say on his podcast, The Edge on Bleacher Report. I just don't condone the bashing of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and have the same energy for the Eagles. We want the same energy for everybody because there's a whole bunch of bashing when it's Dak Prescott, but not the same when it's the Eagles. I got time today. A lot of people said the Browns defense was overhyped. I said the Browns are the real deal. The Browns were missing Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb. They were missing them key factors before the game even started. So why is it that we are just scrubs and we're nobodies that don't deserve to be on the field and we're just all talk? But there's a hundred excuses for these other these other teams. If y'all just want to hate Cowboys Nation, just say y'all hate Cowboys Nation. I'm tired of people trashing my quarterback. I'm tired of people trashing my team. And that's why I had nothing to say to the media this week. There it is. <laughs> Richard Sherman, let's start with you. Do you like or have a problem with what Micah had to say? Uh, I got a problem with it, Skip. Uh, I got a problem with it. It, it. He doesn't want to get bashed by the media. I got a simple, very simple solution for you, brother. Don't get beat by 32 on prime time. You won't get bashed by anybody. You win that game, nobody. If you lose that game by seven, nobody really bash you. They say, hey, y'all got beat. It is what it is. You played well. This happened. If you get a sack in that game, they say, hey, he played, Michael Parsons played well. He did his thing, Fair made point. a huge impact on the game. If Dak Prescott throws three, four touchdowns in that game, they're not criticizing Dak Prescott. They're saying, hey, Dak Prescott played a really good game, mm. strong game. Something else is the reason they lost that game. That's not what happened. Your defense gave up 42. Dak Prescott threw three interceptions. 
the criticism was necessary and warranted. It, it's very difficult to compliment a team that gets beat 42 to 10 on prime time, regardless of who the team is. I apologize, Micah Parsons. We did not have positive things to say about your 42 to 10 loss. And then your other loss was also by double digits to a team that's only won one game this season. Yep. So it's hard to find positive things to say. And you say the energy needs to be the same. Yes. Uh, Jalen Hurts played terribly. And he played terribly. We're going to criticize that. They don't get talked about enough when they're playing well or they're playing bad. We, we don't talk about them either way. We talk about the Dallas Cowboys, regardless of if the Eagles are 18 and 0. We'd be talking about the Dallas Cowboys because that is what, what America wants to see, apparently. That's what people want to hear. If you're playing well, you're, you're up for defensive player of the year because you're playing for the Dallas Cowboys. If you're yep. playing for the Cleveland Browns or the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't know if you'd be in the discussion. Maybe Miles Garrett should have been in a defensive player of the year vote a few years, but he's playing in Cleveland, so he's Another not getting the point. same acclaim. He's not yep. getting the same, the same following. So the same thing that makes you laugh and, and put money in your pocket makes you cry. Mm. You know, I, I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think Micah should even be worried about what people say. Uh, especially people that are considered media types, right? He just shouldn't. That's the way I would approach it. I could care less. And, and, and I'm trying to give him a little bit of understanding and insight on why. First of all, you are on your way to becoming the highest paid at your position, possibly the highest paid at the defensive position in the history of the National Football League. Money aside, of course. check that box. You are on America's team, so to speak, right? It's America's team. There are eyeballs mm -hmm. that are watching you in the star every single Sunday, every single Thursday night you're on, every single Monday night you're on. You continue to set records mm -hmm. from television audiences, win or lose. You're America's team. As Skip Bayless continues to try and tell me. Mm. <clears throat> right. on, on, on top of that, your fan base is annoying as hell, and I play for him. <laughs> I play for him. But when you have Skip Bayless, Michael Irvin, on a constant, continual basis, trying to convince the world that watch the Dallas Cowboys just how good they are how good they are, week in and week out, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. My Cowboys, this cow, it's annoying as hell. It's going to tick people off and get on people's nerves. Furthermore, when you are getting, as Richard said, beat by a team that's won one game, and then you go off and you beat a bad team in the New England Patriots that many of us might have thought was okay, and then all of a sudden the wheels fell off on them. Yeah. Then you go to San Francisco and you get just shot run on you to a whole nother level. Yep. People are going to have things to say. Philadelphia gets the benefit of the doubt. Okay? The San Francisco 49ers get the benefit of the doubt because their fan base is not obnoxious to people on a constant basis. That's, that, that's the reality of it. And, and so you can't get mad. At that, the great Dallas Cowboy fan that Skip Bayless is, he, yes, he attacks Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. He attacks him when he doesn't play well and he does not praise him at the level when he plays well. He gives him a little bit of a little carrot, here you go, a little olive branch to him. But he goes at him because that's just 
what he sees as a fan. So when you start to think about it, people that talk about this stuff for a living like us, we ain't, you know, we all we're doing is, is reporting what we see. You're not a very good football team in certain situations, although you're four and two. So don't worry about what we up here, we, we're, we're up here talking about. Just play football. Go win. Go get them sacks. Go get the things that had gotten you to be what you are and people talking about you the way that we are about number 11. That, 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 it's simple. It's simple as that. It's not that hard. Okay, my turn. I do have a problem with where Micah is coming from on this topic because I want to shake him by the shoulder pads and say, wake up. Don't, don't you realize you get to play for the Dallas Cowboys? You are blessed to play for America's team. This is the most valuable franchise in the world, including all those soccer franchises all over Europe. This is the franchise whose team will be the top-rated TV-rated team in four or five of the biggest games of the year every year right on schedule. You can book it. I love Micah Parsons, but he's still got a lot of kid in him. He still comes off as a little naive, if not a lot naive, because, Micah, you got to wake up. You play for the most polarizing team in the history of sports. You can have the Yankees. You can argue the Yankees, but it ain't close to me. Maybe it's because I live in cowboy world and cowboy nation, but I have written books about this whole phenomenon. Nothing in the history of sports is like the love and the hatred inspired on a weekly basis by the Dallas Cowboys. There's some dynamic around them where you have to ride the, the, the most mind-blowing roller coaster in the history of roller coasters because it's going to roll on and on and on week after week. They are going to, when you least expect it, go to Arizona and lose to the sorriest team on their schedule in a home away from home game in Phoenix. And then they're going to bounce right back when these two cowboy dislikers, I won't say haters, dislikers, say, oh, Belichick's going to run the ball down their damn throats. And they'll rise up and win 38-3. to And then you say, oh, Super Bowl, here we come. And they're going to go out to San Francisco, and my quarterback is going to stink even worse than he did in the two playoff losses to the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> and they're going to get beaten what felt like 49 to 10 by the 49ers, but it was 42, 42 to 10 in your measuring stick game, your biggest game of the year on the biggest stuff. Stop it. It's who they are. Dak, I mean, Micah, you, you got to wake up and grow up and wise up to who, what you're part of. You are, to me, the most talented player on the most hated slash love team in the history of sports. So, you, you should embrace that. You should be proud of it. You should feel blessed by the fact you get to play for this team because it's going to make you a whole lot more money than even you deserve on and off the field. And nobody cares about the Eagles as much as they care about the Cowboys. I covered the 49ers for three years. It, it is a great franchise. It, it, Richard played for it. It, it is 
It is high class, top drawer franchise. So I, won't I y'all love try it. that? Won't y'all okay. try doing? Okay, won't you try doing what the Eagles that. and the 49ers okay, are doing? We're, we're not instead that. of but, instead but of losing cares. and then winning against Belichick okay. and then going right, crazy. But, but nobody won't cares. Y'all try that? Nobody cares about the 49ers the way they do the Dallas freaking Cowboys. I, I understand it's that. Just what they but, are. But when I say, yeah. why don't you all do it different? I'm talking about people like you, Skip. Yeah. Okay, because mm-hmm. you boasted along with Michael after you. Beat Belichick. No, oh, the great Belichick. He's never lost to you. Did the whole yeah. dog and pony show. Well, it was the worst loss of his career. Okay, but but you put such an emphasis on that, but you forgot about the 49ers while you were thinking about in 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 in, in loving the fact that you beat the New England Patriots, but forgot about the 49ers that was in your way to become something the following week. Mm. You totally forgot about it. You already started. Booking your tickets to Las Vegas? No, I didn't. Michael, oh, you did. Michael did. Oh, you just talking about Michael. So you're one of those guys now. Yeah. You're doing this now. <laughs> no. oh, yeah, you are. Look, I mean, look. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like Keyshawn said, they, these two teams, Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers, get the benefit of the doubt because they just went to the NFC Championship and met in the game, and one of them went to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And people expect the same result this year. They expect these two teams to meet in the NFC Championship and go to the Super Bowl. If y'all had beat the San Francisco 49ers last year in the playoffs, then this regular season meeting, regardless of the outcome, probably wouldn't have had that much of an effect on what we what we're talking about. We'd have said, hey, if, if they beat you, hey, they didn't beat you when it mattered last year, so <laughs> they're probably not going to beat you when it mattered this year. If, if y'all would have lost, uh, you know, if y'all would if they would have beat you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day. The, the reason certain teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, they can lose a game they're not supposed to lose. But three of the last four years, they've been in the, 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 the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, two-time MVP. The AFC Championship is now the Kansas City Invitational because it's there every single year. So they get the benefit of the doubt. The reason you do not get the benefit of the doubt, because you went Casper the Friendly Ghost from January, I mean from December through January 15th, when your season ended, you you had, what, two sacks during that whole time? Oh, Micah, you didn't yeah. have a tremendous impact. Micah, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about Micah. Yeah. And so we're, we, we want to give you credit. Uh, uh, believe you me, we have no problem giving you all the credit in the world. If you if you were leading the league in sacks right now, you'd be the, 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 the leader for defensive player of the year. Nobody would question it. Everybody would be singing your praises. But you cannot, you cannot fold. Because the same thing that makes you laugh is going to make you cry. So treat the two imposters the same. You don't need to be watching them. You don't need to be watching the media. You don't need to be be watching us. Because we'll praise you and bring you up to the highest highs. And then we'll throw you down to the ground. Because that is what it is. You know, Skip, as long as I can remember and really understand football, I'm not talking about watching it on TV, but understanding it, the game of football. The Cowboys have always gotten a hype. Good and bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, think about it. It, 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 it. When when things weren't going so great off the field for the Cowboys, it was everywhere. There was other cities with other players doing in, the same doing thing. the same thing. Absolutely. But nobody was paying attention no. to them. They was paying attention to the Dallas Cowboys. But guess what the Dallas Cowboys was doing at that time? They were winning Super Bowl rings. Mm-hmm. You know the famous. How about them Cowboys? You know the little coach with the hair. Mm-hmm. You know Jimmy. That was that was it. That was America's team. They have played in eight. They, they, okay. Yes, okay. but I mean, since I've been yeah. able, see, I could, I, I don't even remember the Starback years because I was a puppy. I don't remember that. But I mean, as long as I've been able to understand the game, 
the Cowboys have been on both sides, good mm. and bad. Mm. But what happens is, they what happened was they won. They haven't won. Okay, they haven't won because if if you were winning on a consistent basis, like let's call it the Kansas City Chiefs, the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers could argue that their franchise, and then you would you you're a historian of this NFL stuff, mm-hmm. that that franchise of the Pittsburgh Steelers is just as big in the NFL game as the Dallas Cowboys. But they win consistently. They go to Super Bowls. They've been in the playoffs. The Cowboys ain't one and done, as Richard said. Okay. So can't get mad. Okay, but you have to understand, for decade upon decade, this team, because it loses and wins so spectacularly, it detonates the biggest overreaction in sports history, good or bad. You two have been victimized by it just this when year. When they won, that was spectacular. Win spectacular? When? When you said they, they win spectacular. Right. When, last right. time they won spectacular was with Michael Irvin and Emmett. Yeah, they just keep doing it. Every, how, what, <laughs> what, what was opening night this year? What happened? Skip. What happened on opening Sunday night football? Help me a spe- out. Help me out. That is not spectacular. 40 to nothing at the Giants who were in the playoffs just last year. Okay, you can say it now. Wait, 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 wait. You can say it now because you got 2020 revisionist history hindsight. But when we went into that game on opening night, boy, the Giants are they're, they're a threat in that division. Who said because that? they won a playoff game last year and they paid Daniel Jones in the offseason. Yeah. And you thought, uh-oh, that coach has got it going on in New York. Oh, here we go. people in yeah. business yeah. all the time that don't deserve 40, it. 40 to nothing. It's hard yeah. to beat a team on the road yeah. 40 to nothing. It's, it's, it's just it, hard. It is. It is. Yeah. But, but at the same time, we got to keep things in perspective because you guys haven't had a spectacular win. That's why the San Francisco game was so important. That was your measuring stick. That was your chance to have a spectacular win. Okay. And you guys laid an egg. Okay. And so if that game was reversed, if that game was reversed and the Dallas Cowboys beat the San Francisco 49ers sure. 42 to 10, Skip, we would be talking about, hey, no matter what happened, I mean, unless they lost five in a row, we'd be talking hey, about the Dallas Cowboys right. are the favorite to win it all. I'm just telling you both, this is the history of this franchise. This is why it's so captivating. You can't take your eyes off it, whether you love it or hate it. The first, I told you guys last week, the first time they went to the Super Bowl, that season they lost 54 to 19 at Minnesota. And then they turned around on Monday night football and they lost 38 to nothing at home to the Cardinals, 38 to nothing. And they go on a Super Bowl roll and get to the Super Bowl. It's what they do. It's 40 to nothing over the Giants. Then it's 30 to 10 over the Jets. And then it's Arizona. And then it's 38 to three over Belichick. Both of you guys ate curl over that game because you overreacted. You jumped to the conclusion Arizona just exposed the Dallas Cowboys. I no, I don't think you just right told me about, about a, you, just skip, you just told me about a 1970 I, Dallas Cowboys. The history of the team. It's, oh, wait, 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 wait. They built their you, fandom off that. Hold on, the, the, coach. The, these, these are lifelong fans. You, you just yeah. told me about a 1970 team that went yeah. on a historic. I'm run just telling you, it's that their history. Lost, that lost. To a couple teams, and they went on a historic Okay, run. all right. How, do you let me go back to their last Super Bowl team. During that year, 
That Cowboy team featuring Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith and Deion Sanders, they lost twice to a team in Washington that was going to go 4-12. and They lost both times. And North Turner knew them. That's baloney. What do you mean? That's baloney. It's not baloney. Did Kellen Moore know them on Monday night? Did he know North Turner and Kellen Moore in the same company? Well, I don't know. I know North way better than either you two do. I've lived with him. I know him. I don't know. I don't want to hear about they had half no a talent. century ago, Skip. I don't want to hear about three Not decades ahead. ago. But wait, though. I don't, How about you, 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 1996? You wait, want to hear though, about that? You, you, That's three decades ago. Oh, so I, I mean, gonna, pretty much. I was going to say to you, Skip, you mentioned 1970. I have a lot of respect for the history of the game, no question about it. But also have recent history. Teddy Bridgewater went into Dallas uh, four years ago, I think it was, when he was with the Denver Bridge. Broncos. Okay, mm. and unleashed on them. Mm-hmm. They ain't going no historic yeah, well, run after you're that. You're making my point. They ain't going, but they didn't go point. on that, a historic run saw, after that. Who saw that coming? Yeah, but that's what you said, though. Okay. You said when they you, lose you this did. way, they go on historic runs. Well, they ain't going no historic runs. Well, I'm just, I'm just. We're, we're still young look. in this season. It could happen. Skip, skip. They're right now, right now, skip. They're on a historic run. Mm. They're on a historic run for a team that you think should be in championships for not making it to championships. Skip, they're, in a, they're on a historic run. They're, what, 30 years into it? 29 okay. years into it? All right, let's, let's go back. Let's try 2018, for instance. On a Monday night in the middle of the season, Tennessee came into Jerry World and took them all apart. It was humiliating. Yeah. It was embarrassing. It was disgusting. And all of a sudden, when I least expect it, they go to Philadelphia the next week. And they beat the Eagles, and they go on a roll that that started feeling like it was a Super Bowl roll. And guess who they beat? They beat the the Seattle Seahawks featuring Russell Wilson at Jerry World in a playoff game. Dak outplayed Russell Wilson. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, here we come. And they ran into the Rams, who were on their way to the Super Bowl. And it was a close game. But we lost out here where Keyshawn used to his old stomping grounds at the Coliseum. Skip. My point is, look, look at the rise and the fall and the rise and the fall and the roller coaster ride. But that's it your problem, though. That, and, that, and that is why I'm trying to get you to yeah. understand that's your problem. Mm-hmm. Just because they go up, y'all start going crazy. And, and Micah is complaining about this because you get overhyped. Mm-hmm. People like you start to go crazy okay. and, and wearing your jersey, watching the game and putting the deep emotions in it when you know good and damn well they're not going anywhere. But you keep I, I doing it. Are you, so, you, so what you do you say, yes, you. is you alienate and you tick people off by doing it instead of letting it, as I've been telling you since I joined the show, you and Michael. Mm. Relax. Mm. Let it, let it, you know, let it grow a little bit. Let it materialize a little bit. You two overreact when they lose. No, it, you're, no, you're just no, as bad as skip. I am. No, I'm yes, not yes, overreacting skip, when skip. they lose. Yep. That, that, if we, if you didn't go to Super Bowl, I wouldn't, I wouldn't need to react the way I do I, because we, I have to keep your expectations in line with what the team actually is. No, and keep it them sounds in like a hater, but it, 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 it only, it, it really is only realistic expectations. This team is probably a divisional team at best right now. That's their ceiling. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it at the beginning. I was continuing to say it and everything I've said and what they put on tape tells me that. So it's like, you make me out to be a hater because I'm saying, hey, when they don't play well, they didn't play well. When they play well, they played well. Okay, I, but, I give them credit when it's due. But, at but least- if you keep saying... Hey, Keyshawn gave me credit. When Dak stinks, I say he's stunk. 
He's stunk against the 49ers in both the playoff games. But you say all the time, even when he played good. That's he not played good. He, he played so good true. this past. He played good no. against the Chargers, hey, I, and you, you were like, you ah, well. What do you mean? When he plays good, when he plays his biggest fan. Biggest fan. When he played well against the yeah. Patriots, when he played well against the Jets, you were still saying, I right. still don't think yes. he can get us to the Super Bowl. Just real quick to sum this up. Keyshawn texted me a picture it's a couple of weeks back. <laughs> I remember the that. Eagles were playing at SoFi against the Rams. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If we could flash it up real quick, it's some Eagles fan. He's got it on a 93 jersey, and on the back of it, it says Dallas sucks. Oh, yeah, I can okay. see right. that. <laughs> okay, and it's funny, but here was my point back to Keyshawn. No Dallas fan, no self-respecting Dallas fan would ever wear a jersey on the back of which it says Philly sucks because – we're above them. We don't care about Philadelphia. Okay, so we don't even care about San Francisco. So guess what? So guess yeah. what? Yeah. Guess what? Won't you tell that to Michael Parsons then? Won't That's, you let I, him I, know that? I just told him that. You I should, just tried. You should specifically tell him we, we, we that. We are above all that. Because we clearly, are better than that. Because clearly others are worried about other teams. <laughs> I got it. I'm trying to Skip. educate him. Skip. So are you. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, well, I need to educate you, Skip. The definition of insanity is doing the yeah. same thing over and over and expecting different results. Skip, you've seen the, the, the story start off the same and end the same every year, whether it's Aaron Rodgers sending you okay. home, okay. whether it's the Rams sending you no, home, no, no. whether it's the 49ers sending okay. you home. Okay, wow. Richard, you don't understand. I grew up with this team. I've watched it go to eight Super Bowls and win five. I'm, I'm good. I, I am like, no, like, you're not. I, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes. Now you just sit up here. If we ain't erased just... the last 30 years. <laughs> you, but, but wait, Richard, he getting ready to sit up here blatantly, and I don't want to call him a liar, but in this case, you get ready to lie to us. You look, you look at us right in our face. I, I, I went to eight, I won five, I'm good. I, I, if I have, that's the case, I'm acting like you act. I have known the mountaintop in okay. ways that very few fans oh, have. Okay, okay. so okay. Won't, won't you act like it then? Okay. What are you talking about? I do act like it. It's why I can't. <laughs> Why I say Dak stinks, because we don't do mediocre. I'm sorry. All right, let's change subjects and gears. We'll get back to Micah here in just a few minutes. But wait, Julio Jones just signed with those Eagles? Oh, Mm, here we go. Y'all lost another player y'all could have (laughs) used. No mercy, no mercy. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Breaking news. The Eagles have signed 34-year-old Julio Jones, who managed to appear in only 11 games with five starts last season with Tom Brady in Tampa. And he wasn't really able to contribute much. Keyshawn, you were a superstar receiver who had to finally come to grips with and decide at age 34, okay, it's time to hang him up. How do you feel about Julio after playing 10 all-time great years in Atlanta now playing for his fourth team in four years. You know, Skip, everybody's journeys are different in what their goals are when they enter the league to, to try to accomplish. And, and one of my goals in general was to, you know, play, make money, 
and uplift my family out of poverty. That was my goal. My goal wasn't to chase rings or anything like that. My goal was simply, hey, on the way to this, if I happen to get a ring, if I happen to go to Pro Bowls, if I happen to do those sort of things, then, yeah, when I first came into the league, I said I'm only going to play 10 years. Yep. It's well documented. Mm -hmm. 10 years and I'm done. Mm -hmm. I played the 11th year because Dan Henning was my coordinator at the Jets who, yep. who went on to become the coordinator at Carolina. I became available. I went and had a nice cocktail with him one night and decided, okay, I'm going to sign on for this one year based on what Steve Smith was going through the year before against Seattle, which clamped him down. So I said, hey, if I could join Smitty, mm -hmm. and we can go get a ring. Now, when you look to Julio Jones, who's had a, a hall By the way, real quick, did you regret that at all? Were you up to that I, task? You know, it's so funny. I was up to the task. Yeah. <laughs> I get the damn training camp, and Smitty gets hurt. Yeah. So the first That's game you. now, I got to become Batman again instead of Robin. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be Robin, right? I'm like, oh, I could go here and just, you know, one foot in, one foot out. All of a sudden, Smitty gets hurt. The first game we play Atlanta, and now I got D'Angelo Hall. He's young. He want to clap when he break the huddle. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to go through this. But Julio Jones may be searching for something different. Yep. He's gone, if you think about it. Tennessee traded for him. They just had lost in a wild card game the year before they had yep. the AFC championship game. So you look at that and you say, okay, he has an opportunity to get a ring. Then he goes to Tampa, opportunity to get a ring. Now he joins Philadelphia opportunity to get a ring. One of the top three teams in all of the NFC conference, sure. one of the top five teams, six teams in all of the National Football League. He adds something to them. Now, I don't know, much, I don't know how much gas he has left in the tank. Clearly, enough for them to sign him, or at least they think he has enough. Everybody goals are different. And, and if I'm looking at this, maybe it's not complete, although he played in a Super Bowl and had a phenomenal catch on the sideline that people don't remember because of the Edelman catch against the New England Patriots, but he had a toe toucher. And so maybe he's saying to himself, my career and journey is not complete until I get that ring. Mm. And, and, and that may be the case. That wasn't the case for me because I accomplished a lot, Richard, quick, fast, and a hurry. I went to Pro Bowls early. I played in championship games early. You know, I won a Super Bowl early in my career. So when I got I was satisfied. Unlike Skip talking about he won eight, I mean, went to eight and won five. He ain't satisfied still, even though he tried to look us in the face and tell us that about the Cowboys. Right, right, right. Well, my, my guy, Quintoris Lopez, Julio Jones Jr., a great rival of mine, a classmate. You know, we came into the league together, yep. an adversary for a number of years, you know, a number of playoff battles, regular season battles, incredible Hall of Fame player. He does have a ton to offer, you know, to a young receiver group, a young receiver room. I'm sure A.J. Brown was standing on the table for him, uh, harping that this guy can make a difference. He's an old Alabama receiver, so I'm sure Devontae Smith and him go way back. I'm yep. sure he was advising him and mentoring him before. Mm -hmm. uh, I, it's, it's necessary to have guys like this, a guy that has played the game at, at the highest of high levels uh, consistently, and he'll give things, he'll give insight that maybe – even even the receivers coach, uh, Aaron Moorhead, may not be able to, to, to or, or give him a bridge to the players that he may not have right now. Um, I, I, I think it's a great move. I think it's a great move. I think it's a, you know, it's a win-win situation. Obviously, Julio wants a ring. He wants to get back to that big game and win it. He wants to do whatever he can to win that. Um, 
And, and I'm, I'm not mad at him for it. I think he got something left in the tank. If he, if he does, we'll see it on the field. No question. Look, mm. the, the one thing when you say left in the tank, Skip, mm. I know he could be a dominant red zone threat for sure. Something that the Dallas Cowboys certainly need in a big receiver. Now, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones with Devontae Smith inside mm. on the perimeter. You got two trees. That, that certainly, as you mentioned, Richard, he adds something there. Mm. Silly me, I thought we had a great red zone threat who wears 88 for a reason, but we don't seem to go to him in the red zone. I don't know. Maybe we will fix that problem. All right, back to your point. As Richard so correctly pointed out, and he knows up close and personal, for all those years in Atlanta, Julio was the man in this league at receiver. He, he was the best because oh God, yes. it's rare that we've seen a package like this. This is up in your, your league, except – he, he could run a little better than oh, you could absolutely. run. absolutely. Just a little better. Yeah. But, but we're still talking. What, what do we say? Is, is he 6'4"? All I know is he's really big. Yeah, well, Richard <laughs> knows how big he is because Richard's no, the no, tall no. corner in and of his own self. But the point was, I was rooting for Tampa last year because I rooted for Tom Brady. And I wanted Julio because I know for a fact that, that Tom recruited him. It was somewhat through Instagram, through, you know, direct message. But, but he recruited him to come down and let's do this together. And I'm going to help you get your ring that you so badly want. I'm great with that. And I was great with it last year until Julio starts pulling up lame. You know how he, he's tightly wound. It seems like he's always pulling something, usually his hamstring. And he just couldn't get and stay right last year, stay healthy. And he started looking like shell of self. And it was hard on my eyes because I was pulling for them and for him. And he just couldn't produce remotely at the level he used to produce at. So he managed to start five games. He appeared in 11. And his best stats of the year came in that playoff loss to, speaking of, the Dallas Cowboys. Because that night, Brady threw him 11 balls. He caught seven for 74, by far his best game of the year. Caught a touchdown pass in that game. But the problem was they fell behind 24 to nothing and then 31 to six at home to Dak and company. And at 31 to six in the fourth quarter, Brady kept feeding him footballs because it's a little bit garbage time. So he threw him seven balls in the fourth quarter alone, and he caught four of them for 29. So my point is, it, it was a little bit misleading what those stats were, even in his best game of the year. So I'm not sure how much he has in the tank. It, it's, the, the big issue is, can he stay completely healthy? Can he avoid pulling hamstring? Because if he can, maybe he's got a little bit left in the tank. I don't, I don't disagree with your red zone point because, my God, he, he's still – there, there's still uh, a, a lot of superstar left there. Yeah. But, but, yeah. The, but the point is, I, I just don't – he's not going to change life in Philadelphia except, to Richard's point, maybe in the receiver room he can change life because you, you can't have a better voice. Yeah, well, look, here, here you, you talk about changing life. He changes life in the receiver room, but he also has a name. Okay. And that name says Jay Jones on the back. Yeah. Of that jersey. Mm -hmm. And whether we or whomever feel he may not have gas left in the tank or he was injury prone over the last several years, in particular last year in Tampa where he had hamstring injuries, they're not asking him to come in and start and play, start no. five games and, and play 11 games. All they need him to do is play a little bit in certain situations. Situational football, it's worth it 
with a guy like this in situational football. Because, again, when you get in the fringe area, and you know this, Richard, when you get in the fringe area, you got a Julio Jones, <laughs> uh, Devontae Smith, and now an A.J. Brown, you got to figure out who to go with. If we put our worst corner on Julio Jones, yep. he's probably going to eat that dude's lunch in a short area. Now, if we put our best corner on Julio Jones for whatever reason, which you probably wouldn't do, no. you leave everybody else available. So it creates problems for defensive coordinators, in particular the Dallas Cowboys that are coming up on they are. in the next three weeks. Mm -hmm. They play the Philadelphia Eagles. They so do. don't lose sight of that. You already done lost out on, on Gregory to the 49ers. Now you lose out on Julio Jones that could have helped you in your red zone because you don't have a tight end. You got a smallish guy in Cook that can do some stuff here and there. Michael Gallup, as you said, he's just been a guy, a shell of himself from three, four yep. years ago. Yep. And then CeeDee Lamb doesn't get enough <laughs> opportunities, according to you, in the red zone. Yep. So if you would have had the foresight like Howie Roseman and took a flyer on a guy like Julio Jones, you might have hit pay dirt. Mm. Right. Richard. You definitely might have. Yeah, I mean, Richard, if you had to cover Julio right now, how afraid of him would you be? I, I, I can't say I'm afraid of anybody, Skip. Yeah. I mean, even, I even when people are faster, stronger, or whatever, you know, come on now. I, I played at a high level in this league. They got to deal with me. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it's a – when you play guys like this, I played Randy Moss, uh, Skip, when, when, when Randy was past his fight. He was with the 49ers. Yeah. It was very late in his career. But, you know, he still had a little juice left in the tank. And it meant something to me. It meant something to me for, to get the cover Randy Moss. Absolutely. I picked him in the back of the end zone. Uh, in a home game, we had I played really well that game. I almost had two interceptions. I returned a kick, a block field goal. But the pick against Randy Moss was everything. Now this isn't prime Randy. This isn't. But as Richard Sherman picked Randy Moss, I don't. Get, I'm telling my kids. Like I'm telling my son. I don't care when it was. I don't care if it was 63. I picked Randy Moss and. Julio is, you know, Randy is in a, in, a, in, a, in a stratosphere of his own, but Julio, during our time, was one of the greatest receivers to play during our time. And I'm sure there are kids that will line up against him and say, man, this is Julio Jones I'm covering. And it's probably going to either shock him or bring something that's, else that's out my, of him to make point. him play harder. You, you got a guy who's six foot five at least, okay, 220 pounds at least, mm. and he still has some short area quickness. All I need him is in the fringe area to the red zone, man. That's all I need him to I need him in the fringe to the red zone, and I can get a lot out of him. I don't need him to play 65 plays a game. I just don't. All right. Obviously, the Eagles have some injury issues. They lost Quez Watkins for the year. But, Keyshawn, I'm, I'm stepping back, and I'm looking at this very differently than you two are looking at it mm -hmm. because – I revered him. I honored him when he was a Falcon because he was the man in this league. And as a fan of his and of professional football, it starts to hurt my eyes when I can't find Julio. You know, if I can't see Julio in Julio. So I get your point. Howie Roseman, who he's at the top of the list right now for team building, even though he didn't even play high school football, go figure. But the point is, I respect the heck out of Howie Roseman. I, I fear him. I fear that he just pushed the right button to get them over the hump, over the top, without their depth of their receiver core. I, I got that. But now if I just look at Julio in and of himself, do you really want to see one of the greatest receivers ever at age 34 being just sort of a, 
a backup cog in the red zone, you know, like just another guy for them. It's it, it's tough to watch if that's all he is. If, 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 if he don't have a problem with it, I don't got a problem with it. Skip, I certainly don't have a problem with ring, it. Yeah. Certainly don't. If this gets him a ring, I mean, I I don't care if he plays, you know, a thousand snaps or he plays two hundred. I guarantee you, in the biggest games, he's going to get an opportunity to catch a pass, a meaningful pass, a meaningful touchdown yeah. in a big game, and he may bring like if he catches a touchdown in the Super Bowl, Skip, and he only plays five snaps that game, Skip, I guarantee you that man will say it was well worth it. Not not only that, Richard, if if you know you you talk about players coming back and chasing things or whatever you want to call it. Eric Weddle, a safety, was, was, was a good mm -hmm. safety in this league with good. the Pro Bowls and all that. Yeah. He signed with the Rams late in the year. He did. And made an impact in the DB room and on the field. I thought he and, contributed. And, and, yeah. and went on mm -hmm. to win a Super Bowl. Okay. So I look at that as a measuring stick for Julio Jones. You are good in the classroom. And when you need to go to the field, you just contribute whatever it is that you can do to get that ring. Okay, I think but, you but, are afraid but, of this and don't want to admit no, it. No, I'm, I'm not afraid of it because I watched so closely last year and I wanted him to be great. Last he, year he was, was last year, though. Shell of self. La last year was last year, okay? Coach. But, We're talking about right now. But check this out. Why do you think Tom Brady threw him 11 balls in a playoff game? Because Tom had committed heart and soul to him. I'm going to help you get a ring. And once they finally eked in the back door, as you keep pointing out, what were they? Uh, Seven eight, to nine or whatever. Eight to nine or whatever they <laughs> so, were. Yeah, they, they stole the division. Okay, Barely 500. All right, but they got there, and they had a home playoff game. And Tom is saying, Julio, here we go. You and I, let's do this. Yeah. And different team that though. happened. I He's know, on a I different got, team. I, 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 this I, wasn't the, the 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 Tampa Bay team that won the Super Bowl. Right. This was a Tampa Bay team that just wanted to act as though they were the same team that won the Super Bowl. This Philadelphia team, all right, is better than last year's Tampa Bay team, okay. by a mile. All right, I will sum this up by telling you, as cold blooded as this sounds, I told you when Zeke came home to Dallas with Belichick, I was not afraid of Ezekiel Elliott. <sighs> And he went six carries for 16 yards. I am not afraid of Julio Jones in Philadelphia. I respect Philadelphia, but I'm not afraid of him making them the something even is, more special. The, okay. the difference is he, they're not depending on him, Skip. They're depending on all day, always open, A.J. Sure. Brown and Devontae Smith. Yep. He's, yep. Just, he's just sprinkles on top of it. Okay. Do you really want to see him be sprinkles? And yet Richard's saying yeah. if, he, if he's good with it, I'm you're good, good with it. Okay. I, want to I, see him get a, I want to see him chase a ring. All right, up next we talk LeBron James. Michael Cooper rips LeBron for eating on the bench. We debate next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Once again, it's your turn. You can reach us. Your thoughts, pro or con, hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Robert Merrill. 
how Micah Parson feels about the media's criticism of the Cowboys, LOL. You hurt my feelings. <laughs> oh, God. Man, people. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tweet number two. San Francisco and Philadelphia fan bases aren't annoying, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, with pictures of psycho 49er fans and psycho Eagle fans. They're, they're different annoying. They're different than the Cowboys. Cowboys is 24-7. I got to come in and work with you. I got to work with Mike. It's like, it's, it's enough. Yeah, but these fans are just as rabid. No, there just aren't as many because ours are everywhere. We take over every stadium, including SoFi, for Monday night's Chargers game. Yeah, by the way, it's 80%. That's what people are telling me. 80% Cowboy fans yeah, on Monday night out here? Wow. Okay, and from legend we have, when Skip gets to talking about the Cowboys half a century ago, Richard and Keyshawn B. Light. That's that's a hundred. Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. Okay, that's I'm just accurate. trying to. I'm trying to. I was educate born in 1972. I don't man. care. You need I to know history. I was born in 70. I know history. You be a student. Of I, history. I know history, but I don't want to hear about yeah. it now. Okay. I, I, I deal with that later. Yeah. Yeah. There were there were things going on in the 70s, Skip, that I don't I don't want to articulate and bring back oh. upon this show, Skip. Oh but. yeah. Okay. The 1970s. I'm okay. By the way. Not, yeah. Well, guess what? Huh? We're about to repeat history, our Dallas Cowboys. 1970s. Yeah, of last year Seriously? and the year before last and the year before year. last. God. We've, been We've been doing it just like this. We rise and we yeah, fall and then we rise again. And you guys lose more just dinners to me. Still. It's okay. It's okay. All right, let's talk LeBron James. Let's talk Michael Cooper, who, by the way, this is history. i got to give you guys a little history lesson, even you two Laker fans. But Michael Cooper won five rings with the Showtime Lakers. He did win Defensive Player of the Year in 1987. I know it was like 400 years ago, but it happened. I saw it. Trust me. He made first-team all-defense five times, second-team all-defense three times. And on his podcast, Michael Cooper criticized LeBron James for eating what looked like his dinner out on the bench during the preseason game. Here's what Cooper had to say. Yeah, LeBron James, but still, you got to have uh, respect for the game, man. You sit over there. I, you know, I don't mind the guy eating, but go ahead and eat in the locker room. And then when you come out, then you come out and, you know, be part of the team. Just sit on the end of the bench eating. Don't be like a spectator sitting over there because, you know, they got the fans right next to the bench now. I thought he was somebody that paid for <laughs> eating over there. Yeah, I reckon, oh, that's LeBron James. Hmm. Those are some pretty strong words from a pretty respected voice. So, Keyshawn, you and Richard, again, lifelong Laker fans growing up out here in Los Angeles. Do you agree with what Coop had to say? Well, I can split it down the middle. I agree and I disagree. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, sitting on fence. Yeah, I'm sitting. And the reason I'm sitting on the fence. <laughs> no, no. The reason I'm sitting on the fence, Skip, and I'm, I'm right there is because I don't think in hindsight LeBron James, one, he doesn't care. Two, he wasn't really even thinking about, I'm sitting on the bench and I'm eating. It, 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 doesn't, it, it, it doesn't register that way. What you got to understand is LeBron James is like the Dallas Cowboys, Skip. Okay? There are going to be people that hate him. There are going to be people that love him. And it doesn't mean that Michael Cooper hates him. It just means that Michael Cooper is saying, have respect for the game. I think LeBron James has respect for the game. A lot of respect for the game. Many athletes, many, eat on the sidelines during preseason games. They eat in the locker room. 
They just don't, you don't see it. I think it, it, if, if, if you look at it, I've eaten on the sideline doing preseason games, but I had a towel. I was being sneaky with it. And, you know, the coaches knew. What were but, you eating? And I had, like, the hot dogs that they give to the referees or something. Yeah, you're, you know, a you're a glizzy guy. Yeah, yeah. so, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's one of those deals. I didn't let people see it. You know, it was, it was hidden. And I think when you look at the LeBron situation, yeah, should he have gone to the locker room and just eat it and then come out a little bit later? Probably so. Probably so. Probably so. But this is not that big of a deal mm. to where you want to uh, uh, pour gasoline on it and stick a match to it mm. and turn it into something that it really truly isn't. Mm. It, 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 and the people that will try to do that, mm. it's all about the LeBron effect, baby. Mm. It's like the Cowboys. Mm. It's the LeBron effect. Wait, who's a big Cowboy fan? LeBron James. I, go he figure. said he's a Browns fan. I, now. I, I, he used to be a Cowboy fan. I don't know if that's still the case. He because along the way, that. he showed up Monday night. I, I know, but so did he fun. show up Monday night because he wanted to go watch the game, or did he show up because of the Cowboys? Cowboys. I just, you know. Well, I, I think I think I got a high, high regard for Michael Cooper, the Showtime Lakers, everything yeah, they've done. Yeah, absolutely. What he said, he said it playful. You saw him laugh. It, it was in jest, and it's fine. It's, it, he's not wrong, but like, like Keyshawn said, if you look at the NFL, you will see a lot of veterans on the sideline eating hot dogs, sunflower seeds, trying to get through the game because there's nothing on this game. game that we need to see or we need to care about. We wish we didn't have to be here in the first place. And you got to understand, this is LeBron James. This is King's Court. He gets, he gets to look, him eating his meal, whatever that was, teriyaki chicken or vegetables <laughs> or whatever, more people were probably watching that than watching that preseason game. So at the end of the day, you can get as mad as you wanted to be. If this was a regular season game, if this is a playoff game, yeah, you, it'd be a lot more serious of a conversation. Mm. This is a preseason game. He's enjoying his meal. Look, I mean, we're, we're, we're over here analyzing his chewing. Oh, I think that might be. Hey, Richard, how did, you, how did you uh, come to the conclusion it could have been teriyaki chicken or veggies or something? Why couldn't it just been like tofu? I just Because it's, it's kind of in that bowl. <laughs> well, I don't like tofu, so I'm hoping it ain't tofu. But I mean, it's in that kind of bowl. You know, any way picking at it, that you know, that could have been vegetables right there. But either way, I don't have a problem with Michael Cooper saying it, and I also don't have a problem with LeBron James eating eating it on the sideline. I mean, at the end of the day, if this was some like, hey, this is some rookie free agent guy, I yeah. mean, you probably we wouldn't have noticed it if it was that in the first place. But no, then it'd be an issue. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and, and the thing about it though, Richard, the only reason why I say I, I would preferred him to be in the locker room with it. Because I don't even want—I don't even want that negative energy yeah. surrounding my right. guy. Because that's all it's getting right. ready to be. It's getting ready to be. Oh, look at him! He—he he should setting a bad example. He should be worried about the team. Look what happened to him last year. That—that's where this thing is getting ready to hit. I know it. Hmm. So See? I think I heard See? you two just say. He shouldn't have done it, but hey, he's LeBron James. Let's give him a pass. Let's Absolutely. give him a break. I ain't got no problem he's with LeBron that. James. Yeah. And by the way, I love your argument, Keyshawn, about everybody's doing it. So if your 11-year-old son comes in this afternoon and says, Dad, everybody's doing it, you say, yeah, but you're not going to do it because it's not right. Am well, I right? I mean, if, he, if his coach is allowing him to eat on the bench and he's yeah. a billionaire for playing basketball and he has – for a championship ring, do the hell he wanted to. Okay. Hey, 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 Key, if my son 
was in the in the league for 20 years, yes. been to the 20, finals 21 10 years, won it, 21 years, won it four times, and is a billionaire. You, you go ahead and do what do you want, whatever, son. I, do whatever I, I you want to do. Okay, and I got to take issue also with Keyshawn's point about LeBron probably didn't even know what he was doing. wasn't thinking. He's got the highest IQ, arguably. When, 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 in the I, say, when I say when I say Skip, when I say he didn't know what he was doing, yeah, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He's just eating. He's not yeah. thinking that you and Michael Cooper and other people are going to take him to task for having something to eat in a meaningless game. Okay, but I, I understand. Michael Cooper was chuckling as he said it because he does a lot of Lakers television yeah. here in Los Angeles, and you got to be careful because he is not just the face of the Lakers. He is the face of the league, so you need to tiptoe with your criticism. But he's exactly right. Richard acknowledged he's right because you need to respect the game, even a preseason game. So you don't think he, you that. don't think LeBron James respects the game of basketball? Not, okay, he he respects his aura, his his magnitude, his mystique, and he was trying to to be the story after the game because he knows exactly what's so going to happen if he's going to go the sit on the bench. Be the story. It's a look at me. Come look on. at me. I'm eating on the bench. He, he is egomaniacal, and that's who he is. It propels him. It fuels him. But that was at the expense of his team. You can't do it. I, I, you know in your heart of hearts, Richard knows in his heart of hearts, you can't disrespect your teammates and the game I don't see by that. going I don't to the see, end of the bench and that. eating dinner. I don't see like that if, as a disrespect. If, 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 if you just quickly ate a yeah. hot dog, he was eating his dinner. He's like, he got a whole big, like you said, it looks like a whole I, I, look, box. You're reaching now, I'm not reaching. Now, I'm not reaching 100%. Oh, stop it. You're going to make me have if, to get if, a goodie powder for my headache you're giving okay, me. Well, go tell Michael Cooper that. No, you. I'm talking okay, to you. He started it. I'm just, I, I, if I just, he would have, if he would have, if his teammates were upset with his skip and they said something after the game. Oh, sure. They're going to criticize a young LeBron. Player, yeah. They're as a young player, when I see my vet chilling, like, like I, I, I'm not mad at whatever he's doing because he's he's engaged in the game. I guarantee if I ask him a question, he's going to give me a good answer. He could be over there playing sunflower seeds, playing solitaire on his phone. Yep. But I have such a regard for him, and, and it, even if he's not Le- LeBron James, if he's Marcus Trufant, who was my veteran when I came in, he's sitting yeah. over there during a the preseason game chilling. Mm. I'm not mad at that. Mm. You, you, Skip. You get on my damn nerves with this because you act like LeBron. You act okay. You you know because you've been covering sports forever. You act like this Steve Howell in the Dodger dugout. Come on, he's eating. How'd Steve Food. Howell get into? This? No, but I'm saying you act like he's doing something. <laughs> yeah, like went on in the Dodgers dugouts in the '80s mm-hmm. in the bullpen. He's not. Mm. He's simply. Oh, well, you're suggesting what he you, was using? Yes. Yeah, okay. You act like he's doing something. That no. is disrespecting the game. He was. He was eating dinner on the bench. Nobody's there. I've never so seen that. Got, I've never seen the history we, we of dinner. Oh, no, I've actually, no, I've actually seen in the NBA. Well, I don't know that this is dinner. It sure looked like it to uh, me. I doubt it. I doubt this is dinner. Snack. It's something he, 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 you know, you do uh, bring on hunger when you out there working out and running. Mm. At some point, you want something in your body. <laughs> yeah. But Skip, <laughs> you act like he's doing some of the things to disrespect the game because he's sitting on the end of the bench mm-hmm. and having whatever snack. <laughs> I've seen people lean down with towels over their face, chew on things mm-hmm. in basketball games. Yep. Pre 
preseason games. So, so, so would it be better? So now it would be better if LeBron James wasn't on the, the sideline at all supporting his team. He'd just be chilling in the locker room, eating his food. And then when they asked LeBron, hey, what were you doing? Why weren't you on the sideline in the second half? Well, I had to eat my dinner. Well, oh, you know that's God. a Look damn diffusion. So if selfish. Okay. Well, as, yeah, as Coop said, you could have eaten at halftime in the locker room and come out and sat with your teammates on the bench, be part of the team, yes. be part of the game. That's yes. how you do it. You, you he was probably that's how, that's coaching his guys do. at Leaders do that. He was so probably now being not a leader and helping his guys. So now he's not a leader. Okay, you look, if you really psychoanalyze this guy, he's got ADD as in attention deficit disorder, as in... He needs more and more attention. He's going to go sit on the bench eating because he knows people are going to talk about it because he wants to be the focus, even though the preseason game is going on and he knows the cameras are going to fixate on him eating dinner. You're sitting here getting ready to tell me that this man has pre-calculated what he's getting ready to do. Along with so so he along with Maverick and Rich Paul, they said, hey. No. Why don't you come out and eat on the bench so we can get more attention for you? Mm-hmm. Hey, Are you hey, really hey, sitting here branded. saying that's yeah, branded. This is going to be our own meal. Our we own gonna, meal. We're going to sell this. <laughs> I skip. Stop. So, Michael Cooper, one of the most respected Lakers ever. Yes. Not, not as an offensive player, but as defense. a defensive he still, demon. He can, he can shoot uh, the three. He, he was not bad, but, not bad. but again, he was. You could argue the guts of the Showtime Lakers because he would take the best player on the other team and just take him out of the game and just be all up in him all the The original Slim Reaper. Yes, he was. So the point is, he did go out of his way on his whatever it is podcast to criticize LeBron because he did not like it, respect the game. He said it. I didn't bring it up. He brought it up. I, I, I don't think he went out of his way to criticize him. I think it was more of a tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. along the way. He I said, well, think... you got to have a little more respect for the yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Because when he played, yeah. that probably wasn't something mm-hmm. that took place. Mm-hmm. This I'm, is I'm, a... glad, I'm glad we had the video because Skip tried to take it out of contact. He was laughing the whole time. The whole Keith. time. He was laughing the whole time. Okay, but here are the words. You've got to have respect for the game. You come out and be part of the team, not just sit on the end of the bench eating. That's from Michael Cooper. Oh, so he's not part of You didn't see him high-fiving his teammates mm-hmm. when they, whatever happened and took sure. place? Yeah. So that's not being part of a team? Yeah, but I'm too cool for you guys. I got to eat because I, I'm, not, I, I, I'm not on the floor right now. So you guys go do your little thing, what you're doing in the preseason. It's okay. It's okay. Goodness. Michael Cooper called him out. You guys know it, and I know it. It's okay. I, I'm not going to talk okay. to you anymore. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. We're because you're the subject. You're driving me nuts good, right now. Good. Because you're trying to. I'm you're give trying you... so hard to dig deep to find something wrong with this. Coop did. Coop did. Okay, I'm going to give you about three or four minutes to to chill, cool off a little bit because we got to talk Thank about you, something you. you're going to have an interest in. C.J. Gardner Johnson, Richard's really going to have an interest in this. Versus Debo Samuel. I got an interest in it too. I think my nephew took a swing at him Ooh. when he was with the Saints. Wow. No with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. CJ Gardner-Johnson continues to go back and forth with Debo Samuel. Here's what Gardner-Johnson had to say about Debo. Bro, listen, don't be friendly when you see me. Because you be so flashy. You better hope, bro. You better hope all that talking you be doing when we see y'all, whatever round it may be, because I can't guard you. You can't run routes. You're a running back. You're a running back. You know, I ain't going to sit here and play with you, little boy. Because you got a little bag. People gave you a little clout. Man, you ain't nothing, bro. Whew. Richard yeah, like Sherman, it. what is going on here? <laughs> I mean, I like it. I the spice. I, I like that. I like, would think hey, you would. As long as you keep it, as long as you keep it on the football field, and what we doing on the football field, what gets me is when dudes are like, "Oh, yeah, let me catch you in the streets." And you know, I, mean, I don't care nothing about that. Like y'all, y'all football players. None of y'all gonna. You know what I mean, if you do. St- Love stuff, you're going to lose all your money and lose everything you work your whole life for, so it don't matter anyway. Yeah. So keep it on the football field, and I'm good with it. C.J. Gardner-Johnson said, hey, when I see you on that field, I'm going to give you that work. Okay, Debo going to say the same thing back to him. Eventually, we're going to see who talking and doing the walking, and that's what I like. That's what I like, when you got to talk and then you got to walk because Debo ain't nothing to snut, ain't nothing better eyelash at, and he going to catch him in an open field at some point or another. And Debo is a physical player. C.J. Gardner-Johnson has had tips with guys in the past. I'm not mad at either guy. Mm. And yet, Richard, you talked and then you walked, right? No question. No question. I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to – we're going to get into this tip, and then I'm going to – this size 13, right foot, <laughs> bang. Ladesh, like, you're going to get it. You're going to get work for four quarters. And if you get the best of me, sometimes I'm going a, I'm to a get up, dust myself off, and I'm going to go at it again. And that's what I love about football. Yep. Yeah, you're right, Richard. We want, we want to keep everything between the gates, right, in the facility, in the stadium. We don't want to have to take it to another level. I, I don't mind the, the back and forth, whatever. Although, wait a second. You, you, you'll well, take it to get, another level. I was going right? to get there, okay, Skip, if yeah. you allow me to. <laughs> so, CJ also tweeted to Debo, you see Debo run, typical wide receiver behavior. Now, here's what I'm going to say to Mr. Johnson. It ain't typical wide receiver behavior because I personally take offense to that because I played the position. Didn't play when you played, played a little before you, just a little bit. So if you are approaching me in this matter, then I'm going to show you something a little bit different. I do believe Debo will show you something a little bit different on the football field. I don't look at Debo as just a running back. He can run routes. They use him in a special way. He is physical. He is explosive and dominant at both positions. Uh, you know, if, if, if one could argue that if he got the necessary touches at both positions, he can be the first guy in the history of the NFL to make the Pro Bowl at two different positions. Since we seem to gauge people that way about Pro Bowls. Now, what he has done in the past, C.J. Garner-Johnson, has run up on people with the talking and the chittering and chatting. Yes. And gotten smacked up, whether it was my nephew in 2020 and Michael Thomas 
Yeah. At, at, at New Orleans Saints practice, had gotten suspended for a game because he had to slap him up for I, I running he, his mouth. I think he popped him good. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably yeah. popped him really good. I yeah. mean, and then against the Bears, obviously in 2020, yep. uh, uh, Javon uh, Wims, as you see, mm-hmm. had a whole slap up situation there because he said that the, he did some stuff. Then in 2020 again, 2021, he had an issue with Leonard Fournette after the game. So he's got a edge to him he does. of talking and going a little bit overboard to the point that people want to put hands on him. So he needs to be careful yep. with some of the things that he says, Richard, and how he says it and how he delivers it because everybody ain't going to be as nice as you, <laughs> okay, with the worrying about the off-the-field stuff. So everybody ain't going to – everybody's not going to do that. It's just the reality right. of what people think in this day and age. <clears throat> Yep. Go, Richard. Do I mean, you stand on business. Stand, yep. stand on business. He, if he's standing on what he's saying, I ain't got a problem with it. Like, if dude's taking it off the field and doing all the extras, that 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 that's some nonsense. You know what I mean? Dudes ain't built like that. And it really, if you was built like that, you ain't gonna make it to the pros. We all know dudes who really built like that, and there's a reason they didn't make it to the pros, and it wasn't talent. And so that that that's not really what I'm worried about. It, you know, you could be tough in the NFL. It's gonna be on that field, and I. Yeah, you have to you, stand on what he's saying. You okay. are certainly saying the right thing, Skip. And Richard is about keeping okay. it on the field. But my whole point is, hey. there's dudes in the league, whether they're making money or not, that don't feel that way. Well, you were one of those dudes. If you pushed Keyshawn too far, Keyshawn will take it wherever you want to take it. I Off grew, the field. I grew up different, okay. though, Skip. I, I got it. I got it, and I respect that. Yeah. All right, I also respect C.J. Gardner-Johnson because – he ain't no Richard Sherman, but he can play. And he could play yeah, at Florida because as a true freshman at Florida, he was the MVP of their bowl game that year. He's pretty good. He led the league in interceptions last year. It wasn't a lot. He was six. And he didn't get a whole lot of money to go to Detroit, but he, he got $8 million for one year. It's not bad for what he does. And when he was in New Orleans, every time I looked up, he was making another play on somebody else. Does he talk, 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 talk? Would he get on your last damn nut? Yes, he would. But that's who he is. That's his edge. To, that, that's part of his Grayson, Grayson Allen liked in basketball. Okay, all right. But Grayson didn't really talk. He just cheap shot it. I mean, he's just like going to get on your nerves for different Okay, uh, yeah. Brooks. Yeah, yeah. Mac, Mac uh, Jones is Grayson Brooks. Allen. Yeah. Brooks. Okay, yeah, he is. Dylan that's Brooks. Right. Dylan Brooks. He's yeah. that guy. That guy. He is that guy. But for the most part, C.J. Gardner-Johnson has walked his talk. He pushes people till they go completely over the edge, your nephew, and we show all this video. It's happened four or five times in games where people just lost it because he talks them completely over the edge. He is a champion trash talker because he tends to go, so to speak, below the belt. You know, he goes places that really push the deepest, Well, he's completely button. wrong about Debo's okay, ability. Well, well, he's completely wrong. Okay, but he's pushing the button, trying to get him off his game, get him distracted. He, he's talking about playing them. He's obviously with the Lions now. He's been hurt for the last four games. I think he's about to come back. But he's saying whatever round we see you in, as in the postseason. Can I ask you this? Because yeah. I don't know what prompted this. 
What, what, they don't even play each other. Um, the, he, the, Debo, Debo, they, well, the fight, he saw a picture of it. He commented on a video of the fight between Cleveland and uh, the oh, Niners, yeah. and he said, typical oh, okay, yeah. receiver behavior, Debo. <laughs> okay. Uh, he, he was saying Debo was running from the fight until the left tackle showed up, right? Until Trent Williams showed up. Yeah, okay. Right? Okay. And then, yeah, but there's then a reason they call him Debo, bad. CJ, and, and, and there's a reason they call him Debo, and I mean, at the end of the day, Kyle going to give him a shot to make you stand on business. And, and y'all going to get me somewhere on that football field. He's going to have the ball, and you're going to have to tackle him. And I'm going to let you know something. He, he heavier than he look. Yeah. Well, you know because you played there. So, so Richard, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Is Debo a true tough guy? Oh, yeah, he's a true tough guy. I mean, on the football field. That's yeah, what they, you know what I mean? Off the football about. field, I don't, I don't care who's tough. Right. On the football field, he's a true tough guy. He's a real physical player. He really about what, what he says to you about it. His tape speaks for itself. It's the reason his reputation precedes him. He, catches a, he can catch a slant and go 60, and not 60 because I'm running away from you, 60 because I may run through three people and then go 60. So it's a reason why he got paid the big bucks and, you know, he got the bag and he got the clout. Because he did it not only in the regular season, but he did it in big games in the playoffs. The Dallas yep. Cowboys were witness to that. Very, very, very physical presence on the football oh, field. Is he? You, you've got to be physical to play running back in the National Football League and do what he does. Mm-hmm. He's not just back there getting the ball to run sweeps. He's running between tackles. He's running on the edge. Mm-hmm. He's blitz picking up if he needs to. I mean, he's doing all of the things that running backs do. You're not going up against a 200-pound defensive back, a 180 defensive back. He's got to go through them big dudes up front to get to the linebackers that's big, to get to the small dudes behind them. Mm. So you got to be tough to do that. I, I got it. All right, one last point on CJ. How many DBs have I known, have I covered through the many years I've done this, who talked and talked and talked to write checks they had to cash. It's almost like he likes putting the pressure on himself, so he has to live up to the pressure he put on himself. Have you, did you guys play with players like that? Yeah, but the ones that I played with that did that, they they showed up. They did. I mean, well, we, you know, I, I Richard Sherman talked to talk. I didn't play did. with him, but I watched him. I covered him. Yep. And he showed up. It wasn't yeah. like he went out there and said something, and then got bombed, and then had to go sit on the bench with his head tucked between his legs. No, I agree. And CJ, for the most part, has backed it up. Go ahead, Richard. 100%. 100%. And he's on a a powerhouse team. He's on a Detroit Lions. They are a team that's winning and a team that should be playing meaningful games in January. So when they have to meet, it's probably going to be either the division or the NFC Championship game. Can't wait. Can't wait. And by the way, CJ, not that it's all his doing – but wherever he's gone, his team has been pretty to very successful, right? Yeah, playoff teams. Yeah, okay. All right, there we go. All right, we got to get back to the Dallas Cowboys and Micah Parsons. Speaking of talk, talk, talking, is Micah talking too much way too soon? That's the next question we got to answer. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Micah Parsons spoke out again yesterday on his weekly podcast, The Edge on Bleacher Report. Last week after the Cowboys had lost, I hate to say the score again, 42 to 10 at San Francisco. Micah told the uh, 49ers to laugh now, cry later. And he told Cowboy Nation to trust, trust 
that it will be different next time the 49ers and Cowboys play. This week, after the Cowboys survived the Chargers 20-17 to on Monday night, Micah complained on his podcast that the Cowboys are always criticized more harshly after they lose than the Eagles or 49ers are after they lose. This is Micah's third season. He has participated in three playoff games, one win, two losses, both to the 49ers, in the three games. He has played against the 49ers. He has zero sacks and minimal stats. Obviously, he hasn't won a Defensive Player of the Year, not yet. So, Keyshawn, is Micah talking too much too soon? I don't mind um, after the 49ers game saying that we'll be okay, we'll be back, cry now, you know, uh, smile now, cry later. I'm fine with that. It's cool. Because you believe if you see them again, things will be different. I'm okay with that. The problem now becomes on a consistent basis. After every game, you're, you're saying something. You're saying something. But this goes all the way back to last year. This is just who Micah Parsons is. This is part of who he is. He's not... DeMarcus Ware. He's not going to be quiet and just go about doing his job. This is what makes him Michael Parsons. Mm -hmm. But I would say this, though. You playing with fire when you're dealing in these situations. You just rattled off his statistics against San Francisco. Not not glowing and glaring at all, right? They're just... (laughs) And so that's the problem. And then you complain about People bashing Dak Prescott, yep. uh, in particular, mm-hmm. my co-host here yep. and Skip Bayless, mm-hmm. who I, he probably was talking about. Um, but what happens in these situations is if you take care of business on the field, yep. you can say whatever you want to say about the criticism that's coming. Mm. And he also has to realize he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are the biggest sports franchise in the world, as far as eyeballs go, people all over the world are Dallas Cowboys fans. Down in Mexico, crazy. Crazy. Here in California, crazy. crazy. I mean, crazy. Everywhere. And people hate them mm-hmm. because they are annoying. Mm-hmm. Skip Bayless, mm-hmm. I might point to. Mm-hmm. Annoying about the Cowboys. So it gets on people's nerves. And it's fine. Michael Parsons has done enough in this league to be a leader in this locker room at a young age. He just has to be careful with his wording and the things that he says because people will use that against him. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Keyshawn. I think, I mean, I don't got a problem with him talking because he can say whatever he wants. He's been a first-team All-Pro his first two years in the National Football League. That's about as good as you can be. I Absolutely. The, one of the best or the best at my position in the National Football League. At that point, you can say what you want. Now, will you, are you giving us layups to just crush you and bring you back to earth? No question. But you you have earned the right with your play to say those things. But we also get to criticize the things you say because sometimes the things you say are easily dissected. So I'm not mad that he, he's, he's got a platform to speak his mind. When you're first team all pro multiple times, you get you deserve the platform you've played. But again, when you disappear in primetime moments, in big-time moments, that gives us fuel to criticize. If you weren't on this platform using it in that way, then we probably wouldn't criticize as much. But because, like you said, DeMarcus Ware, a phenomenal talent, likely a Hall of Famer. Um, is he already in? 
Yeah, he got, he got, he just got in. Yeah, he got in. He just got in. So I missed it. Yeah, yeah. Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer. Um, But he didn't talk as much, so you don't even talk about him as much, whether he has a great game or a bad game. If he has a bad game, you're probably not going to say much because he's not out there saying a lot of stuff. If he kills and and wins the the player of the game, you're going to talk about him because of how outstanding his game was. But with great voice comes great responsibility and great criticism. Yeah, and think about this, though, Skip. Mm. Before the Chargers played the Dallas Cowboys, who were we talking about a lot? Khalil Mack. Because Khalil Mack had six sacks the week before. Yep. But we ain't talking about Khalil Mack now. No. Because he ain't had six sacks. He didn't repeat it. Mm. And so that's where we come from with this Michael Parsons situation. Skip, if he does what he's supposed to do, and Dak Prescott, who I think has played well this year, continues to do his job, then what do do we say? Mm. There's nothing for us to say. Okay. Yet. What did you tell me yesterday on this show, sitting in that same seat? You said, as you analyzed Micah's performance on Monday night against the Chargers, you were ready to give him a grade of D minus for the game. D minus for his performance overall until on the second to last play. So that's three, three and a... Three quarters of a how, how would I say that? It's three, even more. It's it's three and three quarters. Yeah, three and three quarters of a game. Well, we went down to what is it? Forty? Uh, no, it's uh, sixty minutes. So we, we were down to like fifty-eight minutes, right? It took fifty-eight minutes for him to make the play of the night that set up what became the concluding play of the night, which was the interception that. Justin Herbert threw finally to Stephon Gilmore because he was under fire seeing ghosts inspired by Micah Parsons. So, look, I'm speaking just as a fan here, diehard, lifelong Cowboy fan. Mike is in danger of speaking too much too soon because even though Richard says, okay, first team all pro, I, I got it. But he's not the guy yet because we, we've dared to even put him in the same sentence with Lawrence Taylor, and he has not lived up to that yet. Maybe he will at some point. But in the three San Francisco games, even for most of the time on Monday night, remember, the great Troy Aikman is up in the, the booth saying, hey, he's been very quiet tonight. The Chargers have basically handled him because they had. And on that very moment that the words escaped from Troy's lips, that happened. Micah finally blew through that double team. You guys think it was sort of a quasi-double team. And he blew up Justin Herbert and effectively ended the game. Well, I need to see a little more of that because, look, Micah's playing for a team that is is the eye of the media storm. And that's because he's playing for an owner-slash-general manager who has two radio shows in Dallas, who conducts a post-game press conference after every game down in the hallway or in the locker room. He gathers the media, and he speaks from on high about what Jerry thought about the game. And in a few minutes here on the show, we're going to talk about what Jerry said yet again on his radio show yesterday in Dallas because it's another head-scratcher. Well, Jerry, you want to talk about egomania. He, He is the face of the Dallas Cowboys, and now Micah, is a chip off the Jerry block. You, you played there, Keyshawn. You know how this goes, where you get swept up in the media storm because on the Internet right now, they're telling Micah to go, Micah, go. And he is a prisoner of, if not a victim of the Internet because he's trying to live up to what they're saying. Oh, speak, Micah, speak. We love this. You're the greatest ever. 
I, I don't really need a hot take artist. I need a big play artist on Sunday or Monday night. Yeah, but Skip, that's, that's part of right. who he yeah. is, though. Yeah. He, that, 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 right. And I said to you before, this is not new. Michael Parsons has been talking since he came into the league. It's nothing yeah. new. The problem is your football team's not very good. So the eyeballs on yes, that 42, that 42 to 10 shellacking of it's San Francisco. Yeah. Again, your football team is not very good. And what I mean by very good, the hype, the hype. The team is not caught up to the hype that you, along with Michael Irvin mm -hmm. and many other Cowboy fans, have given them. Mm. You got off to a 40 to nothing blowout start against the New York Giants, mm -hmm. and you all felt as though you were headed to the Super Bowl. Yep. Then you ran into a buzzsaw of an Arizona team that has one victory mm -hmm. that yeah. ran the ball down your throat mm. with Michael Parsons on that defense. And the excuse was, well, we don't have Diggs. Mm -hmm. Well, Diggs don't play tackle you a just didn't show up. Uh, what, 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 I, what I would say, Skip, is it's interesting because I don't know if Micah Parsons was on the Arizona Cardinals if he was on the Jacksonville Jaguars, if he was on the Cleveland Browns, if we would be talking about him. If, if, this is a crazy thing. Now, people are going to call me crazy. This is going to probably piss people off. If Miles Garrett, if the Cleveland Browns said they're going to trade Miles Garrett for Micah Parsons, the Cleveland Browns would ask for more in that situation, and deservedly so. And because he's a more complete, Miles Garrett is a more complete player. And he's a more disruptive player. But since he's in Cleveland, yeah. people don't watch him or see his tape as often. If he was with the Dallas Cowboys, you would be talking about him like you talked about LT. Obviously, LT is in a different stratosphere. He but he would be more in that conversation because of the impact that he has both in the run game and the pass game. He's had 16 sacks the last two seasons. And nobody, a lot of people don't even know that because he's in Cleveland. I agree. I can't fight you on that. I think that's a fair and valid there's point. A lot of, there's a lot of yeast that comes with yeah. playing with the Dallas Cowboys. And Micah needs right. to understand that yeast. That he needs to understand people blow up the Dallas Cowboys to a whole nother level because essentially it's America's team, the eyeballs, the, the, the hate, the fans are so annoying. Yep. They get on people's nerves. They, they, they uh, have people gravitate toward TV screens where they break records they do. week in and week out as you they show it. up on national TV. Yep. But you got to show up as a team, man. Mm -hmm. It can't just be... I'm appointed to watching, and then you get 42 hung on you, and then you squeak one out against a Charger team that's in lightweights, as Richard like to call them, and then you celebrate on the sideline as you just clinched the NFC Championship game to go to Las Vegas. Did you see the celebration on the sideline? I know, because we just lost 42 to but 10. But you don't, you, you don't act like that. Come on, man. Come on. If you, you've already had, you, you already had three victories, so you know the taste of victory. You, this is your fourth victory. You act like All you right. just... Clinch the NFC Championship game. Okay, well, maybe we just did. Maybe we just got on a roll. Maybe we got a bye week, and maybe we'll start winning games and make you guys eat more crow because you just keep losing dinner bets because you overreact negatively to what you see at Arizona and at San Francisco. I, I lost one dinner bet to you. You've lost three. What's the third? Well, <laughs> Wait, lost... what's the second and the third? Okay, you've lost two on Dallas, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, only no. one. Okay. Let's get Skip, all I'm saying is I, I agree, I agree with Keyshawn. Like it, when the yeah, San Francisco the Texas, 49ers so beat them 42 to 10, yeah. they, oh, oh, that was, that was, I don't know. You guys throwing little Keyshawns under the, okay. I hear you, Skip. Okay. No, what I'm, I'm saying took, is, Skip. I took Texas because of Sark, and I, and I just got to go against him. <laughs> Period. There you go.
Because he gets on my damn know, nerves with these teams. Yeah. But you love me. Oklahoma hadn't won a national championship <laughs> since Bob Stoops. <laughs> and he's still I'm acting like they get ready to go. Yeah. It's like, stop. Well, I, I got it. All right. <laughs> Here's my bottom line on Micah Parsons. I told Michael Irvin going into this year, I need this to be his year where he effectively becomes a man, if you will, becomes the leader in the locker room of this team, becomes the captain of this team, not Captain Obvious on his podcast talking about how, wait a second, we get judged more harshly after we... Yes, you do. You're America's team. It's Jerry Jones. It's, it's the most famous slash infamous team in the history of sports. Yes, Captain Obvious. Duh, duh, duh. We get it, but I don't need to hear it from you. I need a little less talk. You don't have to hot take me to death every, what, what day does he do it? Tuesday, I guess. So is it going to be a case of every Wednesday we're going to react to the latest hot take from Micah Parsons? Because that's where we're heading. I need hot plays. I need that play that ended that game. And I need it regularly to the point that you become at least in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Because in your third year, I, I don't even hear him in the conversation. Is that fair? I mean, is there... Look, it's fair, but what I would say, and and he's young. He's still young. I got it. He's got a lot ahead of him. He hit pay dirt fast. Okay, he's disappeared over the last couple years of the second half of the season. He has. So maybe Mm -hmm. it flips now where he shows up in the second half of the season, not so great in the first half of the season, but in the second half of the season, he goes on a tear. Maybe that's what you guys need. Maybe this is... Headed in the right right direction. His leadership skills are starting to come to surface because he's taking up for his teammate. He's certainly speaking up for Dak Prescott as you continue to talk negative about Dak Prescott's ability to lead this team, to give him an extension, all of those sort of things. So maybe, just maybe, that 42 to 10 lashing woke him up in the rest of your locker room to a point that they squeak out against the Chargers, yep. they get a bye to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. Now they take on an offensive juggernaut in the Rams, and they do. now the party starts again. Okay, Maybe, my, that, maybe my, that's my it. Concern, Go my on, concern Richard. is that they're just speaking about the media too much. It was it was Dak saying, hey, y'all built us up too much, yeah, and now it's him did. saying, y'all talking about talking too bad about my quarterback. Like, yep. uh, well, the media is not in, any of your opponents on your schedule. No. So you might want to focus on the opponents on your schedule. I like that, and yeah. I agree with That's that. That's true, but you can't take away something that fuels individuals. Now you you have to just catch up yep. to the hype. That's it. Can he catch up to the hype? I don't know. Oh, you don't know now. So you so you're surrendering that the Cowboys may not make the playoffs. Is, no, is that what you're I telling me? I did not say that. I just need him to catch. You want to talk about hype? We, <laughs> you, see, we, you, we, see what I, you see what I did to no, him, Richard? No, you didn't say you see, I, I see what you did. You see no, what I did I to him, right? Do anything because you're the one who is leaning toward Cowboys will miss the playoffs, but I can't get you on record because you're scared to death no, of the No, I gave Dallas a certain Cowboys. percentage. A certain 60% will make, that they will make. The well, they beat the Chargers, so their chances are greater uh, now than they were prior to the Chargers at the 42-10 okay. lashing somebody, of the San Francisco 49ers. Somebody does not and, have the by the way, his, by, by the way, yeah. I know you've been, yeah. you, you pay attention and you've been looking at yeah. the media and watching things. Chris McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Trent Williams Sounds seem like, like they're going to be playing on Monday night. So well, that whole, we back. This, that, and the other. Now you, you might want to slow down. No, nope, we're still back. See? See? You don't have the courage of your convictions. 
when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think y'all back yet. All right. We'll find out about that very shortly because we're about to go on a Super Bowl roll. But we got to talk about another ex-Cowboy who replaced Keyshawn Johnson once upon a time in Dallas. My old friend, Terrell Owens. No, he was a pretty good player, too. But T.O. involved in another quote-unquote incident. Not sure what happened, but we're going to discuss it. No mercy. No mercy. Once again, your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Fragrance Ninja. Keyshawn and Richard realizing they got to deal with Skip for two whole weeks after a Cowboys win. Four and two, baby. And one game back. Oh, no. Says Is it Denzel. one game or one and a half games? I think it's one and a half games. And here y'all go. Y'all it, trying it to could be one and a half. Yeah, they trying to cheat the system, though. Richard, you see that? They try. Y'all something else, man. They delusional. Okay, we got two losses. You got one. So what? Second tweet is from Jay Senior, who says, "Come on, Key. Pat Riley, Phil Jackson would have never had this. Just wrong for the game 100." Well, I agree with him. Yeah, thank but you. But that ain't Phil Jackson, nor is that Pat <laughs> Riley. So Pat now Riley. what? <laughs> That's LeBron James. All right, this is from Worley. Tweet number three. Me. When Richard keeps moving the goalposts on the Cowboys, stay strong, Skip. I will. Moving the goalposts. Yeah, moving, moving the goalposts. Goal they can't even something. get to the goalposts. Well, right. The goalposts is the Super Bowl, and and they sitting in the sitting in the yeah. same spot, out of your reach. Yeah, we could win the Super Bowl, and you'd say you haven't won enough Super Bowls, right? Well, if you if you win the they Super Bowl, they would have won the be, most in the if, history of the National Football if League. If you won the Super Bowl this year, no, that would be something, true. Skip. It would really be something if y'all won the Super Bowl this year. It could happen. How many of y'all got right now? Y'all got five, six. Uh, no, New, New England got six. Don't, don't, right. don't forget about that guy, what he did up there in Foxborough. Not not the coach, yeah, yeah. the quarterback. Oh, God. Yeah, here we right, go. Right, right. All right, let's talk T.O. Terrell Owens was involved in an incident out in Calabasas here in Southern California, out where near Keyshawn lives. Something about an altercation during a pickup basketball game leading to an incident in the parking lot. T.O. allegedly being hit by a car driven by an angry participant in said basketball game. Fortunately, T.O. did not need medical assistance. No arrest has been made yet. Yet last November, T.O. got involved in a back and forth between fans at a CVS out here in Inglewood. He, he said that outside the CVS, one fan took a swing at him and then T.O. said he had to deck the guy in self-defense. All of that caught we think on security video, no police were involved yet. Here we go again, Keyshawn. It's always something it seems like with T.O. You know him very well. Your reaction. Well, first of all, I'm just glad that nothing was catastrophic and we're Absolutely. not sitting here yeah. having a different conversation yes. about T.O. this morning. Thank you. Um, I don't know the extent of the disagreement in the pickup basketball game, the argument, whatever took place. It's a basketball game. And in a basketball game, you're a professional athlete. You're a Hall of Famer with a gold jacket. One of the best to ever do it. People are going to try to antagonize you in situations because that's just what they do. I get it every day. I get it all the time. But you got to be able to avoid it and not pay attention to it. 
Okay? You just can't. You can't. It's like, as long as you don't touch me and you don't throw anything at me, you can say whatever the hell you want to say. I don't care. You can call me a bust. You can say I was overrated. You can say I wasn't fast. You can say I dropped balls. You can say it was my defense that won a championship. You can say whatever you want to say. Don't put your damn hands on me and don't throw anything at, at me. <laughs> and we good. We, we, we straight. So I don't know what prompted the individual to try to mow T.O. town in a car. I, I, I don't know. And then furthermore, who called the police and put the police in the business? Because then the right, police... Right, 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 look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it, but you hit me with the dang car. I'm calling the police. No, 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 but I'm just saying, who, who called the police? The dude gone. I, I'm like, with who, Richard. I, who I, called I, him? But, but I assume T.O. did, but go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm calling yeah, call yeah. the police. You, you hit me with a car and try to kill me? <laughs> Listen to me. I, I don't usually call them, but I'm not letting that pass. Um, because at the end of the day, like you said, Key, unless you do something, you can do something. If you do something to my kids, my yeah, family, well, of course. and my wife, or you touch me, you know, outside of that, it ain't nothing that can get me off this. You could say, you could call me the B word. You could, you could, you could, you could, you could, hey, you suck. You were the worst player. I don't care nothing about it. Take it to the bank. I get, I got paid to play the game. I played for free. Look, you can't knock me off this because any situation I get to is a lose-lose. I can't win the fight. I can, I can win the fight and now they suing you for money. But I don't understand I don't understand what we're talking about. If I'm being, uh, you know, Giannis well, after Tacumpo, I don't, I don't understand why we, why we, why we talking about it because To is okay, which is which I'm happy to hear. That's all that really matters. And at the end of the day, I go to LA Fitness all the time. I might drop three twelve and four on somebody's head, and they might be a little upset. But <laughs> at the end of the day, we are gonna leave it at LA Fitness. I'm gonna go home, ice my knees because they tired, and and have a good dinner. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, you, you say, why are we talking about it? I would say because there's been a pattern in the history of things that have surrounded T.O. in his career off the field, so it obviously becomes newsworthy. And to speak to what you were saying, Richard, about being sued, you know, there are some things that I'll be sued for. And one, you mentioned the family. You call me out my name using the N-word I'll be and, and throw something at me or put your hands on me, then we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it differently, and I'll, I'll take the court date at that point. Mm. No question. I agree. I agree with you totally and, and fully, but outside of that? No, it, outside of that, I okay. playing basketball but and all that. It ain't easy. It's not that deep. I can't imagine what what T.O. had to drop on that man for him to come back and hit him with a car. He must have hit that man with some of that some of that Osmosis Jones for him to say, "I'm going to the parking lot and get my car hitting this man." Sheesh. Mm. Allow me to say, I'm not sure you guys are even in my league for getting trash talked in public. I'm not sure you are. You could be, but I don't know. I don't walk. No, in I'm shoes. probably not. No, okay. No, I'm not. They right, asked me. Just for the record. Yeah, they, they, right. people ask me, why would I? I said, man, ain't nothing wrong with that dude. Mm, <laughs> Y'all think something wrong with him. Uh, ain't nothing wrong with him. Okay. I have done battle with T.O. on television many, many times. And I am telling you from the bottom of my heart, I like him. Yeah. I, I, I like his heart. I, I like what he's made of, but he kind of can't get out of his own way because he was born with a chip on his shoulder. And he always thinks everybody's out to get him. And he's... He's going to polarize because he's he's not going to give in to what's happening. He finally got in the hall of he got a gold jacket 
and he would not participate. And it alienated a lot of the other gold jackets. Michael Irvin, not real happy with that in the beginning. I think he got comfortable with it. And I did, haven't you talked to him about it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, you know, he did it different. And he did. He when did. you go against the norm, and yeah. especially that special group yeah. of individuals, they're going to feel a certain way. Okay, but T.O. never could get comfortable. I, I nicknamed him Team Obliterator from the start because I covered his 49er team, and they finally said more trouble than worth because he split and polarized that locker room. And he goes to Philadelphia, and he split and polarized the locker room. And he goes to Dallas, and he split and he polarized that locker room. He was into one battle after another with this player and that player and this player. And I heard all the stories about all the times that the player said, let's just do this right here, right now, and end it. I, I can tell you chapter and verse, and I've told T.O. to his face many times on television, this is why I said what I said. But in, in the end, he was a great football player. He finally got rewarded with the gold. I know it took, what was it, three times before he got in? Yeah, well, they were Whatever. punishing him yeah, for okay. Okay, I got it. the wrong I got reasons. It. Okay, but, but he got in, and he wouldn't embrace it. And I, I feel for him because even out now, and it's the pickup basketball game, he's still got a chip on his shoulder. He, he actually, Keyshawn, he, he wanted to be an NBA star. In his heart of hearts, that's, that's who he wanted to be. Me too. Well, well who didn't? Because... In that game, you get the sugar more often. You know, you can, you can actually touch the ball a lot more in an NBA game than you can in an NFL game because, what do you tell me, like how many things have to go right for you yeah. to get a pass thrown? Ele- 11, 11 things to go right. 11 things to go right. It's a lot of stuff. You're dependent on too many other people to do their job before you get to do what you were born to do. But in the NBA, you, you can touch the basketball a lot. You can score the basketball a lot. He wasn't as gifted as an NBA player to, or to be an NBA player as he was as an NFL player. So he, he's got a lot going on for him, but he can't seem to embrace it and, and love the fact that he got to do what he did get to do. You and know, fair. You, fair. You, it's fair. To, the one thing that I would say if I had any advice for him or if he would even listen to my advice is don't pay attention to people that's out in the world with the stupidity. Yep, I if, agree. If people in the world with the stupidity will antagonize you. They will. To make you want to do something yep. to them. And he has to figure out how to avoid those sort of things that come his way, I would say. Uh, those distractions. I mean, I mean, He's got to figure out how to avoid it because it's happening way too often, too many times. You only, Skip only mentioned two. I didn't even peep the CVS incident. I remember the, the, the young lady in the parking lot at the apartment complex that he got into a tit for tat with yep. of whatever she did, Karen, and whatever she yep. was, you know, that whole deal. <laughs> so that's the one I remember. I didn't even, but, I didn't even but, see the CVS uh, one. Look, I aspire to be famous enough to, for me to be talked about when I have a tiff in the parking lot or I, I, I have a little disagreement at 7-Eleven, I aspire to be there. Like, I wanted to be an NBA player, too, but my jumper didn't agree with it. I could have been a singer, but my <laughs> voice didn't agree with that. Look, yeah. you, you got the skills you got. You got the, 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 the gifts you got. Yep. I appreciate T.O. for what he's done for the game. I mean, you can't live your life trying to tiptoe tiptoe through life and say, hey, I don't want to I don't want to ruffle any feathers in this in this L.A. fitness. Let me just shut up. But again, people are going to be jealous they of are. who he is, Absolutely. what he's accomplished, yes, regardless of if he says nothing. Look, that's why you look, 
That's why you have to avoid it. You already know what people are trying to do to you. Yep. So why engage in such behavior Man. that puts yourself in bad light? Mm. If they, again, I'll say it again. Don't put your effing hands on me. Don't throw nothing at me. Don't call me the N-word. And don't do anything to my kids. And you mm. can say whatever you want to say. We all good. We are so good. And that's my whole point, is don't pay attention to those sort of that's things. Right. And some people, it's hard to restrain yourself from having that type of response to negativity. I don't deal with it. When it, Again, people have said some nasty stuff to me. I just laugh at them. <laughs> I laugh. I laugh. You wish you could be me. And mm. I keep it moving. All right. All right. We end it with that, because up next... We change gears. It's time once again for Young Money. Yella and Allen, here they come. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Fall back down. This is going to get fun. It is time once again for Young Money. Featuring two up-and-coming protégés of Lil Wayne, two buddies of mine, Yella Beezy from Dallas, Alan Cubas from Wayne's hometown of New Orleans. Gentlemen, start your engines. Cowboys just went from losing 42 to 10 at San Francisco to winning 20 to 17 at the Chargers. Cowboy roller coaster rolls on. They're garbage. No, they're going to the Super Bowl. Yella, please tell that cowboy hating Alan why the Cowboys proved Monday night they are a legit contender. <laughs> oh, man. You know, he's seen the game like I seen. You know what? I'm actually good that and, and happy that we didn't just go out there and blow them out. Because <laughs> if we would have went out there and just blow them out, they would have just, oh, they love beating up or picking up on the the, 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 the lower teams. And yeah, I'm glad point. it was actually kind of a fight. And yep. at the same time, that showed his mobility. And that's what I want him to do like every right. game. I told him, I text him, I said, when you got that mobility, they can't mess with you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can add a different gear into it. Great point. Hopefully somebody was listening because last week, and when I said, if you're going to run out of a uh, um, shotgun, at least pass out of it too. I said, do some RPOs. I yep. said, you see them pulling, take the ball and run. Hey, it happened right on time, you know? So I feel like now that he uses legs, I feel like it, 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 it make him a more dual threat. It does. I'm happy he done that. You know, it, 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 yeah. a lot of the plays were broken plays, and he made the plays. Like, that's something that we've been missing. That's something that we need from him. As long as he keep that mobility, I, I feel like the sky's the limit with that. give our, our offense another type of gear. And, I mean, it just proved that, like, he still can do what he's, he say he can do. And, by the way, Yella, you did call for Dak to run more on last week's Young Money. So, now, you respond, please. Mr. Cubas. Here y'all go again, man. <laughs> I don't expect nothing less. Um, you guys like to call me a cowboy hater. I look at myself more as a cowboy realist <laughs> amongst the sea of the most delusional fan base probably in sports. So um, my, my opinion didn't change anything with this win. Not, not my perspective of the Cowboys don't change at all. If anything, it's right on schedule. In typical cowboy fashion, I mean, right when everything seems like the ship's going to sink, 
The Cowboys always do just enough to get back afloat, reel everybody back in on board, give this false glimmer of hope of Super Bowl contention where we all know big picture how it's going to end. Let's just be real now. You know, every week we hear a yeller from Skip. They don't believe in Dak. They believe in Dak right on schedule. That's what Dak does. He gives you just a big enough spark to get you back in it, to get your faith invested Um. And, and he made some special plays. It wasn't like he had the best game ever. Um, I think he was big in the in, in the run game, having 40 of those 90 yards. He wow. made some plays when he needed to um, when he needed to make them. But if, if you're not going to have this game against statistically one of the worst defenses in the NFL, you could probably make the argument the worst secondary in the NFL. Then when will you make it? You know, I'm looking forward more to what they do in Week Nine with a bigger test when they roll up in there to play the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, yep. I think that. I never said the Cowboys were the void of talent. I just think that they're, at best, a wild card, maybe divisional route, and they're out of here. I don't think that they're a Super Bowl team. I don't think they're one of the elite teams in the top tier of the NFL, not just on the field, but as well on the sideline with the coaching staff. I mean, what was Mike McCarthy doing, you know, when they had with eight seconds left and a $100 million quarterback? You scared to take a shot? Did he mismanage that, or was he just not ambitious enough to take a shot with a $100 million quarterback and one time out left? So I think there's still a ton of questions. They just got through beating a team that has the worst secondary and in typical Cowboy fashion. You know, you go from one week to being, oh, it's over, to now you Super Bowl contenders again. You know, I'm, I still stand the same way. Okay, but, Alan. We never stand. Yeah, go ahead, Alan. Go ahead. Now I'm saying we didn't say all the Super Bowl pretend stuff, but oh, so you know, like like, 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 you say, like, 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 like you say, like you say, no, I, I'm saying, I, all I'm saying is, regardless, they gonna hate. Like y'all gonna come up with a bunch of excuses for the Cowboys and why we won, the the dad, why he did it. I don't hear nothing else when when when, when Jalen Hurts go throw th- uh, three uh, picks. And I'm not speaking on Jalen Hurts. Hey, this is not, not making this about him. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts, but. A lot of stuff get overshadowed. As soon as the Cowboys come, everybody got every excuse you can pull out, you know, and, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. We can say the same thing about other teams what last week. They didn't have, uh, uh, um, what, they didn't have South Gardner back there uh, uh, at the Jets. They didn't have the other cornerback that they had over there. They had, they was missing two of their key players. And guess what? They still won. Excuses. I mean, this is part of the game. If we if we can go and talk about everybody that we missing or everybody that we missed when we lost our game, hey, we can say the same thing, you know. But it's like I say, it's an excuse every time the Dallas Cowboys. No, that ain't an excuse. That's me being a realist. I mean, a win is a win in the NFL, and I do understand that. But taking into context who the win came against in the bigger scheme of things, I repeat, if you're looking for the Cowboys to be a Super Bowl contender, which is what I believe Skip and a lot of this fan base believes or aspires to, then I'm just not seeing it, you know. Especially what I seen, there was a couple plays that could have change the game you know I thought Herbert had that first that first down when they when they called it when they didn't give it to him there's a lot of things that could have that could have went different but respect they got the W I'm looking forward they see what they do next week and then going into week nine okay but Alan you you continue to write them off but then you say yeah they're a playoff team well if if you make it into the playoffs and you win around the playoffs you're a contender for the Super Bowl hmm I guess you can say that, but to me, not all teams that make the playoffs are contenders. There's always teams that make the playoffs that no one necessarily looks at as a contender. There's been times we've seen teams pull it off. You get hot at the right moment, you can make it happen. So I do understand that. If you're in the playoffs, you have a shot. But um, no, I I don't see the cop. And history has shown us that they've been a contender a couple times and haven't gotten there. They haven't gotten to a conference championship in 28 years. So, you know, history's on my side. (laughs) Go, Yella. Man, like I say, and they gonna make excuses, but I just feel like, like I say, I feel like they put on a performance. Now we can say, we can say, yes, it was bad coach. We've been saying this all 
since the, the the first week, bad um play calling. It was it, it, we had some of the bad play calling. He kind of shifted up. He got a little better at it, but then then you know the coaching came in with the time. And yes, we've been saying that too. So at the, at, at the end of the day, sometimes it's not on the team. You know, you got to blame the coach for certain things. We couldn't blame the the uh uh. uh the, I, I was still confused about the runner. When, when I think it was Gallup that ran out of bounds and they still let the, the clock wind down. Then yeah, we came did. back. We get the uh the um the check down to, to Pollard. We yep. called a timeout, then it wind down to three seconds. I'm confused on that. Like, like you say, we got a hundred million dollar quarterback. Let us take a shot at it. You get Thank what I'm saying? Like it was no, yeah, Thank I agree with you all on that. Yeah. But that's not taking away of that performance. What I'm saying, he used his leg, he was mobile. Like a lot of those plays was over with until he created that play. Like, you know, he threw across the bottom of the pilot, or he was scrambling that. That's how we've been wanting to say as Cowboys fans and Dak fans, like we want to see him more, more mobile and yep. more of a dual threat. That's how we're right. saying. You know, it's a we're saying game, that he man. he he performed at a better caliber this week than he has been playing in the last couple of weeks. That's what we gloating about. You know, we we yes, we still got other problems, but he performed at a higher threat this this week. That's in my opinion. I guess because the bar is not too high with y'all no more. I mean, he performed all right. It was a solid performance. It wasn't a ground shattering performance for me. Ah, uh, you can't say that. Come on, you can't say he that. He played good. I, 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 I like the fact when he came in on that to tie the game, and it was seven nothing. They needed the score. I was impressed by that drive. They went right it down was. the field. He was big. That was impressive. You know, I, I give him credit. He made some special plays, especially in the run yeah. game. You know, I give yeah. that to him. Look, Allen. Here's the point with me and Dak going way back. He can play like that on a Monday night on a big stage, and you say that is. Super Bowl caliber performance, like like that's pretty good to very good. Yes. And you say, hey, wait a second. Why can't he do that more often in the postseason? Well, maybe at some point in his eighth year, he figures it all out because I've seen him against San Francisco three straight times and he stunk all three games. He stunk in all three of them. He's better than that. He needs to play better than that when it really, really matters on the biggest stage. Well, well, you would hope so, and hopefully he does, because you look at these other guys on the other side. These are guys that may not be considered elite, but they have been able to get over that hump. And Jalen Hurst and Jared Goff in Detroit, and you can make the argument if Purdy don't go down, they get to the Super Bowl. So these are guys with around the same amount of talent level who were able to to get to that point before he was. So, you know. You got it. All right, that's enough for this week. I enjoyed it. You both were great. We'll pick it up again next week when the Cowboys don't play, so they'll have a good week, right? But speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, up next, Jerry Jones said, what? Jerry Jones, on his weekly radio show in Dallas, described Monday night's Cowboys-Chargers game as, quote, as disjointed and sloppy as I've, Jerry caught himself before he could say, as I've ever seen, but he did add, maybe that's a strong word or words, yet Jerry made it clear he was saying it was disjointed and sloppy on both sides. Look, I, I know Jerry very well, and I'm never quite sure what he's saying, period. So, Richard, what's your reaction to this Jerry quote? Well, he must have watched us yesterday, Skip, because ah. I said those exact words. Ah, so he, uh, he I got said that this wisdom was a from sloppy you. game. Okay. 
Yeah. against two lightweights in the National Football. Light, light heavyweights is what I meant. But, oh, you meant, yeah. But at the end no, of the you, day, they're still, they're sloppy. And and this wasn't a team a game where you're like, man, our team is elite. These, these guys, we're firing on all cylinders. It was like, hey, you won the game. Congratulations. Dak played better. Um, uh, Micah got a sack. But as your owner just said, your GM, whatever you want to label him today, it was a sloppy game. And it looked that way on TV. It looked that, it didn't look like a, a clean performance that you would hang your hat on. You, you know what, Richard, it's so funny that Jerry even mentioned this. I had a conversation yesterday with somebody prior to Jerry even saying this about how sloppy the game was. I mean, there's 19 penalties, 20 penalties between the two teams. Seven of those penalties went for first downs. The Dallas Cowboys had 11 penalties. That's a sloppy football game. But we look at it different than the fans, right? The fans, they think, oh, what a close game. We won. It was a really good game. We won by three. No, man, that game was sloppy. That game was nasty. Sloppy. That wasn't a good football game. Justin Herbert didn't do well at the quarterback spot. Mm-hmm. He was throwing the ball in the dirt. Then they were then late in the game. He threw the interception. They didn't get a chance to run the ball well on either side. Uh, Dak Prescott had the long run on the RPO. But when you look at it, that game was not a good football game. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I know you won. So you think, oh, it's a good game because we won. No, when you look at it from a football standpoint, in the context of what me and Richard see, Mm. that's a sloppy-ass game. Mm. Just is. Okay, so why would the owner-slash-GM say publicly it was a disjointed, sloppy game? To to prove what? To get you where? Where is the win in what he said? Because I see no win. Well, he was asked a question. No, he's just babbling. That's what he is. He's just babbling. Jerry Jones is trying to prove to you that he knows football just like you know you know football, and Richard knows he knows football because I, I, Jerry I, played college football. I think football Jerry knows football. He, he knows it. He doesn't speak it very well. Sometimes his terminology is a little off where I'm like, Jerry, that, that didn't come out right. But the point is, even you said, and I can't remember what Richard said, but you said going into this game, it's basically a must-win for the Dallas Cowboys. You said it was crucial. I wasn't the only person that they that win said this it. game. Okay. I wasn't the only person that said it. Did Dak, you see them acting up on the sideline yeah. when they won? Dak said after the game, it was a must-win. I didn't hear him say that before the game, but it was a huge win. It was a crucial win because all of a sudden, instead of three and three going to the bye, you are four and two, and you are only one loss behind. One loss behind the 49ers and the vaunted Eagles and those up-and-coming, rising Detroit Lions. And the point is, you won the game. You made a lot of very good plays. Your receiver, who's a quote-unquote fringy number one, says Richard Sherman played big in that game. I don't care what you say. And the quarterback who sucked against the 49ers for three straight games, played big-time professional NFL football. He outplayed a Justin Herbert. I've told you from the start, is overrated. I've never been sold on him. I keep trying to be sold on Dak Prescott. But it was a moment in the season where you survived the Chargers, a game that both of you guys thought the Chargers would win. So why would you come out the next day and dismiss the game to, to degrade the game, to, to take the, some of the, the fire out of the victory by saying it, it was a bad game on both sides. I, I don't know. He's just playing to you guys. You oh, so, guys he's playing, so he's playing to us now. No, well, I mean, he's, he's helping your case. He's making your case. Well, he, right? All he's doing is telling the because truth of what truth. the man saw. Right? Okay, there's the truth, and then there's telling the truth, and when you're the owner GM, you can't tell it. 
Oh, so well, he's not I mean, supposed to say. What, what, so so he's then, supposed to say to 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 fuel your delusional state of mind that you have based on the yeah. Cowboys' success. He's supposed to say, "What a hell of a game, man! We won this one. We went out there and and, and kicked their butt." He's supposed to. Is he supposed to say that? No, yeah. but you you yeah, that's what they. You that's, don't that's discredit what they want. That's what the, the victory. You how, how is he discrediting it? He calls it disjointed and sloppy. sloppy. It's ridiculous. So you think a team with eleven penalties? That, that, that's okay? Hey. That's okay. There were times penalties. it was hard to watch. But in the end, Micah Parsons made a defensive player of the year play. Well, he did. I don't care what you say. It took him 58 minutes. 58 minutes. And you were going to give him a D minus, right? Yes, before the 58, okay. before but, the last sack, yes. Okay, but he did that, and they're four and two, and I think they're about to go on a run to make you eat more crow. They might. And I don't need the owner discouraging the locker room by saying, you know what? You guys were actually. I don't think that's going to discourage well, the no, locker room. Okay, well, it's just, it just takes a little sting out of the I'm, victory. I'm sure they appreciate his honesty because their coaches are going to say uh, the same thing good. in their meetings that day. They, when they go into meetings, that's the difference between a fan's analysis and an analysis and a coach's analysis. Sure, we love the victory. You They're are unbelievable, say, Skip. This was sloppy. This is sloppy. This is Truth sloppy. Teller. You want him yeah. to praise. Bad football? No, just for the for, for your sake to feel like the Cowboys will wind up in it? Vegas. Dis he's dismissing it because he can't help himself because he's got to prove to you, I know football. I can speak football. It's getting to the point when Jerry speaks. I'm on the edge of my seat for the wrong reasons because I'm afraid he's <sighs> going to put foot in mouth. Every week it's foot in mouth. I'm sorry. He should just sell the yeah. team there, man. Well, right. Jerry, just sell the team. Well, a lot of people have thought that for years, or at least fire himself as the general manager, but that's a whole other issue. Okay, up next, can't wait for this. Richard Sherman is about to respond to the Ooh. NFL wanting to do away with what's called the hip drop tackle. That's next. Man, Richard ain't never heard of that till this came out, bro. <laughs> yeah. Right now, the NFL is looking to eliminate the controversial hip drop tackle next offseason. League exec Jeff Miller said it's an unforgiving behavior and one we need to define and get out of the game. We see an injury more or less every week in the regular season on the hip drop. Richard Sherman, you played defense at an all pro level. Your reaction to potentially eliminating this form of tackling. That's the most ridiculous thing. I mean, one of the most ridiculous things I've heard in a long time, but I mean, most of the ridiculous things are the new enforced penalties against the defense. Now, you don't want him to horse collar the guy up top. Now, you don't want him to, to wrap him up and then drop your weight to stop him, but you want us to stop powerful men who squat three, 400 pounds. Me and Jeff Miller had this conversation in August, and I told really? him how ridiculous this sounded because... If, uh, after a guy wraps him up, if he doesn't drop his weight, then he's just going to get drugged down the field like Spike did the Little Giants. Like, what, what do you want these to do? These are grown men. These are powerful men. Do you can you imagine Derrick Henry, if you just wrap him around the waist and don't drop your legs and just let your legs drag behind you, you'll get drugged all the way to the end zone. So yeah. that's the frustrating part about it because you're not giving these guys an opportunity to do their jobs at a high level. Mm. You're making it harder and harder. I'm not thinking about, hey, I got him wrapped up. Let me drop my weight on his ankle. Mm. I'm saying, hey, I got him wrapped up. How do I get this big, this big monster to stop? I put my weight into the ground. How mm. else can I do it? Damn, I was born too early. Man, mm. I might go for 3,000 yards of the season if mm. they outlaw tackling. Mm. Outlaw tackling. Right? Just, just 
Just don't even do it. I don't understand that. How do you expect to get okay. the guy on the damn ground? Okay, but Richard, because of the weight slung forward into the back of the legs of my Tony Pollard at San Francisco in the playoff game, it was career-threatening. Okay. That's why don't, lost. don't try to break a tackle, Skip. Just go down. Okay. All right. That's it for Undisputed today. We will be back tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern, and I can't wait.